Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 31. I'm Ainsley Armand, and this week we'll hear a conversation with Jennifer Pepito and Kristen Rogers about homeschooling and marriage. But before we do that, I have an exciting announcement about the Farm Village and a special invitation for you on New Year's Eve. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. Last week, we shared a virtual tour of the Wild and Free Farm Village here on the podcast. And I want to take a moment to thank you for your encouragement and your financial gifts toward the project. I'm excited to announce that we've reached $230,000 in our efforts to purchase land near the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia for a place to run wild and free. Thanks to your generosity, we're getting closer to the $400,000 we need by December 31st. That gap might seem like a lot, but we've got an idea that could raise the rest of the funds in an instant. Let me explain. Each week, there is a community of people that is listening to this podcast. You can't see each other. You can't hear each other. You may not even know each other exists. But it's the same group of people every week. A community that's knit together by the mission of Wild and Free, by our common passion for homeschooling, and by the sounds and voices of this podcast. We know there's a community. The same number of people listen to it each week. That number is growing, of course. Right now, it's about the size of a crowd at a large performing arts center, but it's mostly the same people. We're a community, whether you know it or not. So here's the idea. If every person who is listening to this podcast would give just $29 right now, we could raise the entire amount for the Farm Village property this week. I'll be candid with you. We love producing this podcast, sharing interviews, telling stories, hosting conversations. It's been a lot of fun, but we don't sell ads or make money from the production. So it's truly a labor of love. If you have been blessed by this podcast or any of the offerings from Wild and Free, would you consider making a donation to the Wild and Free Farm Village? Your gift is tax deductible and will help us move beyond just this virtual, invisible community and establish a place where our children and our children's children can run wild and free. To learn more about the project and make a donation of just $29, visit bewildandfree.org give. I'm so thrilled to share a conversation between Jennifer Pepito with Kristen Rogers about marriage and homeschooling. It's not easy to be around your children all day, homeschooling them to boot and maintain a thriving marriage with your spouse, but it is possible. And Kristen and Jen share some insights with us. Let's listen in. know we talk with you a lot about nature journaling and you kind of blow me away with your skill in that area yeah you're sweet I was just looking oh my goodness I was just looking last night at the bee that I attempted out of the gorgeous wild and free nature journaling book so fun how'd you do (laughs) it was like not like yours but I'll keep practicing (laughs) there you go (laughs) 
you just had so many amazing things to say about really embracing the time with our kids because I think it's just so easy for us to get in the mode of homeschooling and complain about it when it's really this like super mega privilege. Yeah, it is. And I know we all have hard days where it's easy to get in that mindset or complain and just feel the weight of it all or the frustration or your downfalls or homeschooling is just like it amplifies everything about yourself kind of like marriage. And so I get that. But I just feel like that's a part of life that we can work through and know that about ourselves and press on through that. But I just feel like with homeschooling, it is such a gift and it is a privilege and the time is short. The days feel long, but the years go by fast and we're not going to have them for very long. And especially the world that they're going to have to step into, they're going to really need to be solid, interesting, inspiring people. So I just cherish these days I have with them and even the hard ones. I feel like there is such work happening that at the end of the day, I'm just like, that was such worthy time spent. Absolutely. Sometimes we almost have the same attitude about marriage that we have about homeschooling. We're just like, oh, this is so much work. And we really kind of even fail to appreciate the fact that, you know, we have a life partner who's willing to let us stay home and homeschool. I mean, I, I know that a lot of Wild and Free listeners do some kind of work on the side, or maybe the husband does some of the homeschooling, the wife does some, or even completely the husband doing the homeschooling. If you're a woman and you're listening and you get to homeschool, it means that you have a partner who's somewhat supportive. I wanted to just talk a little bit about that, about how you're making time to feed your marriage or care for your marriage. Because I know for me, it's just easy sometimes to look at my husband as like this co-parent, you know, and really get so focused on all the honeydews and the ways that we could parent better and not really treat him like my boyfriend, my husband, you know, my lover, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just think it's a matter of being purposeful about where you want to invest your love to love well. And and I think it's really important that as homeschool moms um, in particular, that we don't sacrifice as of our efforts to our children. Our love with our husbands was there ever before we even started homeschooling. And I just totally believe that it shouldn't be set aside or lose its priority as we focus on our children through the day. Even with our children, even though there are those hard times or their education is hard work, it's like we're still thinking about what are ways we can teach them to do this or that or how can I communicate better so that our relationship is nourished and we put all this effort into doing that for our children and yet not for our spouses. When we think about a conversation that needs to be had or the tone of the home, we think about the atmosphere of the home all the time when we think about schooling, but do we think about that for our spouses? When they come home, what is the atmosphere they're coming home to? Are we thinking about how do we communicate with them? Are we doing that well? Are we coming across cheerful? Are we being engaging? All these thoughts that we do for our children and their schooling, I think are of the utmost important to also do with our husbands. You know, for me at this point in my life, I can do some self-care during the day. You know, I think for a lot of moms, when you have mostly little kids, you're like so worn out at the end of the day that you just want to, you know, shove the kids off on your husband, which he's the dad, that's not wrong, and go take off and do something for yourself. But then what happens is we don't have any time to build our marriage and ultimately everybody suffers when when there's not love in the home. So what do you say to moms who have littler kids and they're like just trying to get through a day with people crying and you know just the busyness of having small children? Well I think there's a lot of little things that can make a big difference. For example you know your spouse is to bear these burdens with you and to be your support and to be your cheerleader and want to take on like what did you do during the day but you've had your children all day and let's say your husband comes home you 20 or 30 minutes of that 
that before you set in with your needs and maybe the trials of the day. And just that little step of saying, you know what, I'm going to give him a solid 20, 30 minutes to come in the door to enjoy his family, be has to hear the weight of maybe how hard something was, or I need him to start taking care of the kids now because I need a good 15 minute break or whatever, or I need to get out or whatever it is. I think it's just so important to always imagine being in the other person's shoes. I know that if I've had a long day or photo shoots and all these different things, and I come home and the second I walk in, I'm bombarded with everybody's needs. That's really exhausting. And it's not very welcoming. And but I know that if I was given those 15, 20 minutes of just setting my stuff down and all of those things that I'm so much more ready to appreciate that that thoughtfulness was there for me, which I think nourishes love. And then I'm a bit more ready to take on whatever they got. So I would just encourage that mom just to maybe invest in that really small window right when they walk in and, and try to set the tone and show that thoughtfulness and then bring in what you need for help or encouragement. Being aware of our personalities is helpful. We've been taking the Enneagram test lately. And that's super good for me because I'm a totally different personality style than my husband. I'm very task oriented. And he's a lot more relationship oriented. You know, what would really make him happy is if he could come home at night and we could sit around and talk together and just be together. But I tend to like think about things that we should do. And so I think that what could happen with that personality clash is that it could make him just want to check out in a sense. But when I take the time to make a little bit of a welcoming space for him, or just spend some time chatting with him before I ask for help with something, it does totally shift the tone. And I think sometimes it also just means lowering our expectations a little bit for a season in a season of busyness, just finding ways to, you know, say no to extra things that aren't necessary so that you do have more time to just have a little fun together as a family. I remember reading a book a while ago, and it's kind of that adjusting your expectation idea, just adding on to just some of those other little things that you can let go of that I think are really important to be able to do. I think that we would hope that our spouse can do the same for us. But you know, there's just so many things where you could just not make it a big deal. So that it doesn't create tension in your marriage, like something as little as taking out the trash in your mind for whatever reason, daddy's job, you know, and then every time it's not done, it's just like, when you can just flip that switch and say, I'm going to do myself. And it's just like removing some of those little things is really helpful so that when there really is the bigger things that you have a reputation of being very gracious and generous. And so hopefully when you do have those talks, they know you've really put in a good effort. And this is something that they really need to hear. Like you're not constantly nagging. And then when you have teenagers, this gets a little more complex and they stay up later, but just making those after hours really special with your spouse after the kids go to bed. And I know it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm not mothering right now. So I'm going to do this, 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 and that, you know, and you just start plowing at your to-do list. But if we can just take that time, even if it's just an hour to nourish the relationship with our spouse and, and make it feel date-ish if possible and make sure there's not kids stuff everywhere. And there's just these ways that we can search to be where they're at. And I think we all have that time probably more than we think if we put our phones down and just kind of prioritize our days a little bit differently. I just think that marriages are important enough to do that. Not by the ticks on a clock or the weeks on a calendar, but by the moments we share with the ones we love. That time our children took their first big leap into the lake, the night they chased shooting stars under a spectacular sky, 
The summer they fell in love with reading under the willow tree in the backyard. These are the moments we never plotted on a to-do list. They never made it on a list of New Year's resolutions. They simply happened while we were busy being wild and free. As another year comes to a close, let's celebrate the moments that make homeschooling our children so worthwhile. What are you doing New Year's? Join us for a free webcast event from downtown Chicago on New Year's Eve. Let's come together as a community to ring in the new year. We'll lay out a delicious meal in the kitchen, enjoy each other's company around the table, and have soul-filling conversations by the fire. Not to mention, we'll watch interviews and talks from our most cherished moments over the past year. The broadcast will happen on our website, bewildandfree.org, as well as the Wild and Free Facebook page. We'll also be able to chat together during the event. The Wild and Free webcast is happening on New Year's Eve, December 31st at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Out of the thousands of invitations you received this year, we hope you'll choose this one on New Year's, New Year's Eve. To learn more, go to bewildandfree.org slash New Year's. I read all these books early on as a wife that made it feel awkward to even ask my husband for help. So then what I would do is I would like wait until I was totally frustrated and discouraged and then I'd be rude about it. I discovered (laughs) through a little trial and error that if I just ask nicely, like my husband's always happy to help with something, but he doesn't always see what needs to be done. And And the problem is sometimes we can ask them to do something, but then be totally critical of the way they do it. If I instead ask nicely when I do need help and then appreciate what was done, even if it wasn't exactly the way I would want it done, I definitely get a lot more of the help that I need, which makes it easier to find the time to be relational. You know, it's easier to take the time to sit down and relax with my husband if I don't also have like this pile of dirty dishes and all the cooking to do and et cetera, et cetera. I think some people view that as a really negative thing of letting go of certain expectations, but I think it's a wonderful thing that we should be willing to do for each other to a certain extent. Obviously, there's some things that there's just no budge and, and we need those from each other. But I think about ways that my husband has done that for me. You know, I'm not an amazing cook and I don't care for trying new recipes and, and all of those things. And and I just feel like he's let that go to a certain degree for me. But he could persist if he wanted to. It could turn into a strain, I imagine. Or like maybe the house is like, I don't have shiny baseboards, you know, but he's like, you know what? Everything's generally picked up. I can tell that she just, you know, I care for our home and our kids and just let that slide. And I just think that just letting love cover a lot of those things is such a beautiful grace to give to each other when at all possible. Kind of knowing what each other's values are, you know, having having some time to just chat and say, you know, what are the things that are important to us as a couple? Is it more important that we have family time or more important that our house is spotless and then work together for whatever your essentials are? Sometimes I think that we don't realize what an impact it is on our kids when mom and dad are happy. Like it's not about being nice to your spouse for some kind of old fashioned value. It's really about the impact that it has on our kids. When the home is a happy place, they sense it. They just are totally aware of these undercurring emotions. And so when we can find ways to enjoy each other as a family, we make our children feel so much more secure. And then they learn better. They do better in school. They are more creative. They're more excited about life when they feel safe in their home. Yeah. And I mean, are we not being the greatest teachers to them about relationship? Here we are. We're in this relationship that you're with each other 
other all the time. And of course, you show each other your ugliest pieces of your heart. And they get insight in the marriage dynamic, how to treat another person, how to love well through the heart, how to love when you're exhausted, how to love when you're irritated. And this is just on display in the home as you live life together. And they get to learn those aspects of relationship that doesn't come naturally. And you really have to mature in and be purposeful about so that you can love each other well in a marriage. And then that hopefully will trickle into how they treat each other as siblings and how they teach or how they interact with friends. And just that whole idea of our home is their classroom in so many ways, even just with relationships. Right. It's funny how we sometimes undervalue relationships as a a thing to teach. You think about you get ready for your homeschool year and you're like, what curriculum am I going to use? And what arts and crafts are we going to do? And what's our nature study going to consist of? And I think that we're all sort of aware of how important relationships are, but we don't necessarily take the time to like study it or even sometimes going to a class, going to a parenting class or going to a marriage class, getting some counseling even because there are hard times. We all go through hard times where, you know, I know for Scott and I, when we lived in Mexico for a season and we just about could not communicate at that point in our lives is really awful. And we made it through, but really having some good friends who sat down and just were good listeners and we felt like we could be honest and open with were lifesavers, having some pastors we could talk to. You know, I think that when we do get in a a season where it's just feels impossible, then it's probably a season where you need to get some close friends in who can give you some insight or go to class, do something to help each other get out of that because it's just so painful for all of us to be in those hard seasons for an extended amount of time. Yeah. And I just think that's so neat too, because even if you can't find that in people or within your church, there are great books out there. And I think you have to be careful to make sure you're getting solid counsel, just like you would in choosing the friends that you speak to and just to make sure that you're not going to get to hear what you want to hear but some hard things and sometimes that's easier to receive when it's in a book because it's not personal but books are such great teachers too and and I do think that's a neat idea and that's something that I find myself doing as well is kind of when I feel really naturally heavily school-minded I'll pick up a book about marriage and when I find myself in this season where I'm thinking about marriage a ton and my heart is kind of right there in that then I'll pick up a book about a missionary. Through books, I balance out my thought life. And so I think that if marriage is something that is hard to kind of keep at the forefront, or maybe you're going through a difficult season and you just don't want to think about marriage, it's just too hard. I do think that's a good idea to pick up a great book or talk to trusted, good counsel. It's funny, my mom, her and my dad have been married for like almost 50 years. And she would always side with my husband. I mean, sometimes it would drive me nuts. Well, you're lucky you have this I had to walk five miles through the snow to school whatever anything I was going through she had a worse story so she was definitely not the person to go to for sympathy but if I needed a shot in the arm or just even to change my perspective because I think a lot of it is just about being thankful for the people in our lives when we're the kind of people who like to do things well or get things done it's easy to look at other people around us and be disappointed sometimes but when we think about our lives without those people it's tragic It's just amazing how precious these people are when we put it in perspective. That's such a natural state of the heart, you know, of not realizing how well it's gone. And and I've experienced that in my life. And so I just think by experiencing those losses, it just has ingrained this deep appreciation for the time God has given me with the relationships in my life. And I know that life is like a vapor. It's here one day and gone the next. And those everydays need to mean something with the people that you love. Marriage can be such a beautiful thing. 
marriage can be a very tragic and hard thing as well. But I definitely feel like the marriage relationship is worth fighting for to make it beautiful if it is at all possible with the circumstances that you're in. And I think a lot of us, we do have the ability to make our marriages stronger and good and pleasant and joyful. And if we think about, hey, these kids aren't going to be in our home all of our lives. And when our kids are gone, this is going to be the relationship that's still there to spend the rest of our days with that is so worthy to invest in. Right. It's a longer relationship, really. So pouring ourselves into our marriage is a way of pouring ourselves into our kids. And it has lifelong implications for us, too. It's easier to see the need with your children because they're needy. You know, their needs are obvious. And if if you don't make the food, they won't eat. If you don't teach the lesson, they're not going to get through that book. If you don't, whatever, you know, their needs are so evident with them. And then your husband gets home and you're like, he can take care of himself. It's really easy to get into that mindset. But if you make thinking of your spouse a priority in that way, and though even though their needs are not as childlike in that way, they do have needs for your relationship and they need to be met just as much as your children. And so I just think, keeping that on your radar and making sure that we're being purposeful in that lifelong relationship, Lord willing, is just such a worthy way to spend your mind and your heart focused on that person in your home. Right, right. Just to be a good friend. It's all about friendship, really. Yeah. And it's so, like you said, it's so important. Our kids can see that. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks so much for chatting. Friends, just a reminder that we have just a few weeks until the deadline, December 31st, to raise $400,000 for the the wild and free farm village land. We're so close to reaching our goal to purchase the land and we can do it if everyone in this podcast community will click the link to donate $29 this week. To make a donation, visit bewildandfree.org give. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next week for the Wild and Free Podcast. Mm-hmm.